Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Come on, his name is Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. Come on, give the Lord some praises because he is in the room. Come on, that's it. Give the Lord some praises on today. Put those hands together, open those mouths, and somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord. We bless your name. We bless your name, Jesus. The Bible said, what let everything that have breath do what? Praise of the Lord. Amen. So we are going to bless the Lord on today for all that he is in our lives. Look at somebody and tell them, say, it's good to praise God. Amen. Now let's look at him again and say, it's good for you to praise him. Amen. Praise God. We all have something to thank God for, and we are certainly blessed of the Lord. You may be seated. We, again, thank God for this uh, Sunday morning that God that afforded us to see the second Sunday of the year of our Lord, 2021, 23, I'm sorry, I'm two years behind. Amen. But we are blessed to the Lord, amen, to be able to see the second Sunday morning of the year. Amen. God is certainly good, isn't he? Amen. And we certainly thank God for his goodness and all that he has done for us. God has certainly been good to us, and we appreciate him for all that he's done. But I'm also thankful for what God has in store for us. I do believe that God has some things in store for us as people. I believe as we continue to this, we'll see those things begin to manifest in our lives. Again, we bless the Lord for those of you that are on that and church family and we bless the Lord for you amen come on put your hands together and give the Lord a praise for our our father's house family on mine family we are always blessed to have you joining with us on Sunday morning I do want to apologize for any technical difficulties that you may have experienced earlier but I, I'm always excited about this. Regardless of the technical difficulties, God is still God. God is still moving. Amen. And you can stop the transmission uh, technologically, but you cannot stop God from moving how he wants to move. Amen. So we believe that God is still going to do what he wants to do in our lives on today. I, I want to go. But before we do, pray. Father, we bless you. We thank you, God, for again who you are in our lives, for your faithfulness. God, you're certainly faithful in our lives, and we don't ever want to get to the place where we take your faithfulness for granted. We are here today, God, because of who you are in our lives, and we say thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. We ask you that you would have your way in the service on today. Rebuke the devil right now in anything that he would desire to do to hinder 
and that that you want to do in our lives and with us. Let your word go forth freely on today. Let your spirit have freedom, God, to do whatever he wants to do in and through our lives. Just speak to our hearts. And God, we pray, God, that lives will be changed and challenged by the power of your word or by by the power of your word on today. Let your anointing flow. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, put those hands Amen. Praise God. Would you do something for me? You did it here. I, well, you that are online, you can if you if this fits you. But if you that are here online, look at somebody and smile and say, God loves you. Amen. Praise God. I, I did that for myself because I, I, I love ministering, but I, I love to see folks smiling. Amen. Praise God. I love to see the people of God smiling because God has been good to us. And uh, we don't ever want to get to the place that we are not excited about what God has done in doing and is doing in our lives. Let's go to the word of God. I will have a word that I want to share with us on today. Out of the word of God, Pastor Carling preached very powerfully on last Sunday morning. Amen. From this particular subject, what are you going to do with what you know? And the reality of it is that we know a lot. I heard somebody say one time, you know more than we know more than what we do. Okay. Now, if we could only do what we know about God, we would be a mighty people. But sometimes you need to be challenged as it relates to what are you doing with what you know. When God speaks, he's speaking for a reaction. He's speaking for a response. And God has spoken many great things to us uh, through his word. And sometimes we need to challenge ourselves and say, okay, what am I going to do about what God has said? Amen. Praise God. But I want to go into the word of God on this morning, something that God has had on my heart for uh, uh, some time now. And um, as Pastor Carlene ministered on sun last Sunday morning, it sort of provoked me to go here with this word. We're going to be coming out of the book of Nehemiah on this morning, a very familiar passage of scripture that most of us have either heard at some point in our lives concerning uh, the rebuilding of the walls, the Bible tells us that Nehemiah was the one that uh, facilitated the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. Let's go to Nehemiah 1. <clears throat> Start in Nehemiah 1. We have several scriptures that we want to read on this morning because I want to give you some context. Amen. To what we're going to be sharing on this morning. We'll start at Nehemiah 1, chapter 1, verse 1. The word of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month of Chislew, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hananiah, one of my brethren came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnants that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down. 
and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. I want you to listen at this story very, very carefully because this is a very, very powerful story, amen, concerning uh, uh, Nehemiah and the rebuilding of the wall. Let's go to the second chapter. Uh, let's go to the 17th verse. Now, you hear, hear what uh, happened here when Nehemiah came in contact with Hananiah and when he heard what was going on. Let's go to the 17th verse of the second chapter. And it says, then said I unto them, this was after uh, um, Nehemiah had prayed and talked to the Lord, and uh, um, we'll go into the story, but let, let, and I'll go back and uh, uh, bring this all together. So then said I unto them, ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire, and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we may be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Let's go to the fourth chapter. I'm just going to read all the descriptions, and then we'll go back and bring it together. The fourth chapter and the sixth verse says, so built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. <clears throat> Let's read that sixth verse together again. So built we the wall, and the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. I want to talk just for a few minutes on this morning from this particular subject, a mind to work. They had a mind to work. When we look at the story here of Nehemiah, and this is a very, very intriguing story, uh, 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 we find inside of scripture here, but when we look at the story here of Nehemiah and we see here uh, uh, the complexities in concerning Jerusalem. And if you can hear, um, Nehemiah was in captivity at the time. This was after um, Nebuchadnezzar had invaded Jerusalem and taken captive uh, the Jerusalem, uh, the Israelites. And this was also during the time, if you'll find inside of scripture, this was all during the time that Daniel and all of those were taken into captivity. The Hebrew boys, uh, Mordecai and um, Esther, all of these were taken into captivity during this time when Nebuchadnezzar came in and invaded 
Israel. You'll find that in the second chapter of uh, 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 Chronicles, the 36th verse, or not the second chapter. You'll find it in Second Chronicles, the 36th chapter, where uh, um, God allowed, and I want you to listen very carefully here, where God allowed the children of Israel to be overthrown because of the sins that they had allowed in their lives. If you read the stories, and I, I'll go, I'll filter in and out of that today because I want you to understand what God is saying. If you read the story, now we'll find in Second Chronicles, the 36th chapter, we'll find out how during this time, this was after Josiah, uh, 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 the young lad that took over uh, the kingship of Israel, and the Bible said, this lad did that what was right in the sight of God. But after Josiah came someone called Jehoadiah. Um, and the Bible said he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And he did not reign uh, uh, many years because of the evil of his doing. And after he was taken out uh, the Bible said someone else came in called, um, and, and these names may not uh, uh, be pronounced properly, but I just want you to understand, Jehoiakim. And, and um, he took over, and the Bible said he did that which was what? Evil. I want you to follow the trend here. In the sight of the Lord. As these kings came in and began to rule God's people the bible said they did that which was evil in the sight of the lord and because of their evil leadership the children of israel went astray and allowed all kinds of abominations to come into the camp and then after jehoiakim then uh, um during that time, Nebuchadnezzar came in and ravished the children of Israel and took some of them captive. And he, Nebuchadnezzar, established King Zedekiah. And Zedekiah, the Bible said, he came in and he also did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. I'm, I'm going this way because I want you to see something here. I want you to see the trend. And because of Zedekiah, the Bible said, I think Zedekiah must have reigned maybe 10, 20 years uh, doing that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And as a result, God allowed the Chaldeans to come in and lay ruin Jerusalem. That's when they came in and they destroyed the temple. They burnt the gates and the palaces and they tore down the walls of Jerusalem. And those that were left, they took them into captivity, those that did not escape. And in this bunch was Nehemiah. Okay. Now, Nehemiah was taken into captivity in Persia in the place called Susan. Shushan was the name of the palace where uh, uh, Nehemiah worked. And God gave Nehemiah favor in captivity. Look at your neighbor and say, God can give you favor in captivity. 
While in captivity, God allowed Nehemiah to work in the king's palace with a very special and trustworthy job. Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer. Now that's a very, very uh, uh, trustworthy job because everybody cannot be the king's cupbearer because the cupbearer is the one that actually tastes uh, the food and tastes the drinks uh, before they come to the king to ensure that the king now is receiving those things that are good for him. So that means the king has to trust. Oh, come on here. So we have Nehemiah here. Working in the king's palace. Now, while Nehemiah working here in the king's palace, uh, there came one from down in Jerusalem called Hananiah. And Hananiah came through and Nehemiah recognized him and said, Come, Hananiah, I want you to tell me what's going on down in Jerusalem. What's happening over there? I, 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 I know uh, um, what happened, but well, what's the current condition of Jerusalem? And Hananiah responded, said, it's terrible, man. He said, those that escaped and came back, he said, they're living in very deplorable conditions. And, and the walls are still torn down. And, 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 and they're barely making it. <laughs> when Nehemiah heard these words, the Bible said Nehemiah was troubled in his spirit and in his heart. He was moved with grief. He was moved to the place that the Bible said he immediately began to pray and fast and talk to the Lord. Uh, I, I want to challenge you on today that when you hear about what's going on in somebody else's life and when you hear about what's going on around you, how, 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 how many of us are moved with compassion to fall on our faces at God? What's going on? Here Nehemiah was moved with compassion. But I want you to see something. Not only was Nehemiah moved with compassion, Nehemiah recognized a need. <laughs> As we address my subject on today, a mind to work. When Nehemiah recognized the need that was prevalent in Jerusalem, he didn't just recognize it and say, oh my God, what's going on? And went back. But Nehemiah recognized the need and was moved to do something about it. Okay. As we, the people of God, look at what's happening in our world today, we cannot help but see the conditions 
or what's going on around us. I, I, I don't know about you, but every time you sit down and talk to somebody, we are talking about the deplorable conditions of our world and our societies. And while it's good to recognize the need, how many of us uh, does that recognition push us to the place of wanting to do something about it? As we are moving into 2023 and um, our excitement is built and being built, along with that, we also have our expectations. <laughs> One of the things about going into a new year, there's usually a renewal of expectations. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, um, one of the things that you have come in, expect this to happen this year. You, you, you understand? So there's usually a renewal of expectation. Now, there's nothing wrong with that because I believe that the people of God should always expect something from God. And as we moved into 2023, we have uh, many of the people of God that have their sights set on the next level of blessings. I taught a lesson a couple of weeks ago. I'm expecting my next. Okay. And we have, and I want you to always hold on to what God says now. And we, as we move into 2023, we have folk that are really genuinely expecting their next level blessings. Come on. They're expecting, they, they've, they've, they've stretched out their stakes. They've expanded their borders because God said he's going to bless. Okay. We have a lot of the body of Christ. We are looking for our new thing. According to Isaiah 43, he said, behold, I will do a what? A new thing. And, and we are looking for those new things to begin to come to pass Amen. in our lives. We are expecting those financial breakthroughs. You said, not give and it shall be given unto me. And God, I've given and I, I'm believing you, God, that you're going to give back. You have many in the body of Christ now during this time. They're expecting those abundant life blessings, the favor of God. Oh, God. God, show me your favor. Favor ain't fair, but letting it come towards me. And we're expecting that. Now let me share something with you. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Because anything God says, you should expect it. And God has been speaking to us concerning these things that he is going to do in our lives and for us. So as we enter into 2023, continue to expect those things. But one thing I want to really challenge us on today, that we put these things inside a perspective. Look at your neighbor say perspective. Perspective is seeing things the right way as they have been ordered. <laughs> 
along with blessings. But you got to always remember, blessings always come riding on the train of purpose. What do you mean, Bishop? Anytime God promises you blessing, when he sends it, he's going to send it on the train of purpose. And what is, I'm going to show you something. Because I, I, you need to see this in order now to get a mind to work now. We want the blessings of God. And it's, 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 it's almost like uh, um, I can give you a bag of goodies. Okay. And in this bag, it has a whole lot of things that you desire and that you want. But then you don't understand now that this bag here has written on the outside of it, this is what I want you to do with this. In other words, this here has purpose, even though it's blessing, these blessings now are inside of a bag of purpose. I want you to see this. You need to, you need to see this. Uh, because while we are on this in line for a blessing, we've taken our focus. A lot of times we take our focus off a of purpose uh, and we are running after the blessings, uh, not realizing that whenever God blesses us, uh, it always is inside a purpose. Uh, I told you this several years ago that favor always comes with purpose. Favor never comes in our lives without purpose. Anytime God favors us, he favors us for purpose. Now as we look at this, I want to challenge you. Never allow your blessings and your provisions to take priority over the purpose of God. Okay. As you go in pursuit of your blessings, as you stand in expectation of Never allow that to take priority over the purpose of God. Let me show you something. Blessings without purpose can cause. Okay. Blessings without purpose can breed selfishness, pride. Wantonness. Come on. We even have sense enough to know that when you bless your child, you want them to understand that there are certain responsibilities that come along with that. You find individuals that all they have all their lives is handouts, 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 but don't understand responsibility. And the chances of their lives, amen, being productive is very big because now, oh God. 
But then now I want you to see now, as children of God, why is it that we want all of the blessings of God, but we don't want the purpose? Let, let me, we, we reach in the bag. Okay, that's that's the sweet candy over there. Oh, I, I see missions over there, but let me look past over that. I don't want that. Let me, come on. When God, and, and we're quick to say, well, God promised this to me. Okay, yeah, God promised it to you. But whenever God promises you anything, I want, let me, I want to challenge here. Whenever God promises you anything, never allow your well-being, your well-being, to take priority over the purpose that God promised it. I want you to look at something. God promised Abraham. He said, Abraham, I'm going to bless your life. He was taken from the land of Ur. And God came and told Abraham, said, Abraham, leave your family, leave your country, and I want you to go into the land that I have ordained for you to go. He said, but Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Okay. But he said, in my blessing you, I'm going to make your life a blessing. I'm going to bless you so that your life can be a blessing to others. Out of your I need you to see here because we can look at, oh, we want the blessings of Abraham. We're the children of God. We want the blessings of Abraham. We're going to be the head and not the devil and not borrow. But we need to understand when God blessed Abraham, he blessed him with purpose and said, these blessings that I'm going to bless you with is it is designed now to fulfill my purpose in the earth. Come on. Never get so focused on blessings. Have I sakari to your side? That you lose sight of purpose. Abraham here, God kept reminding him as I was reading the stories. God, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. God was stopping periodically and said, Abraham, see this land here? Look, 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 raise up a look. This is what I'm going to give you and your family. Because I'm going to raise up a nation. We, we <laughs> look at Moses. Moses was a blessed man. Look at somebody say, Moses was a blessed man. Look at somebody that said, Moses was a blessed man. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I, I need you to see this. God allowed Moses' mother. He was sent out by Pharaoh to kill all of the children that had been born, I think, within a, maybe a two-year span. 
And they were going forth throughout the land, finding all of these little boy babies and killing them. God allowed Moses' mother to bundle him up and place him in a basket and put him in the bulrush on the Nile River. <laughs> I, I, I want you to see something because you, you, you need to see this. God sheltered Moses. God allowed the current of the river to take Moses down the river to where Pharaoh's daughter was there bathing. <laughs> Pharaoh's daughter saw this little Ah, isn't that a sweet, the sweetest little thing? And Pharaoh's daughter fell in love with Moses. And the Bible said she wanted to take Moses unto herself. Uh, Y'all you, you got, got it. It's awesome. God had Moses' sister sitting on the other side watching. And when she saw this, she, she went up. And, and, and Pharaoh's daughter said, you know, well, I, I, I want this child, but I need some. She, she, she hadn't had any children. I need somebody to help me take care of them. God said, not God, but Moses said, no, that's well. She went back home and told Moses' mother, uh, as a, a young lady here, and I would imagine she told him they found Moses. And she wants somebody to help you take care of them, take care of How God so constructed it that after Moses was found on the Nile River, that everything fell in place, that Moses' mother was the very one that went into Pharaoh's house to train and raise him up. But I need you to see something. You see, when God blesses, God always blesses with purpose. God didn't just let Moses go into Pharaoh's house just to be blessed. Come on. God allowed all of this to happen so that Moses, God already knew that he had ordained that Moses become the deliverer. Of his people. Come on. I want to, I'm trying to get you to see how blessings always come with purpose. Now Moses was raised up in the best schools. The best teaching. The best military training. That you can find anywhere. Moses was being groomed to become the next pharaoh of Egypt. Look at your neighbor and say, blessed. Y'all don't realize sometimes God will place you someplace just in order to fulfill his purpose five years, ten years, and twenty years down the road. God knows how to orchestrate things. When God, amen, sent us to Jamaica, amen, some 20 years ago, a lot of the things that I didn't understand what was going on, but God knew what he was doing. God was doing it for a purpose. We got to always embrace purpose when God moves us. Amen. amen. So we have got Moses in Egypt. 
being groomed for the next Pharaoh. Purpose, look at your neighbor's purpose, overrode blessings. <laughs> because Moses' heart was tender towards God and towards the plan of God when Moses saw one of his fellow brethren who was on the other side. When I say on the other side, because Moses was here in, 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 in considered an Egyptian. But because he was raised up by his mother, he understood the plight and understood what was going on. And we saw his fellow brethren under attack. Something, Eshakaba, happened on the inside. Moses said, wait a minute. I can go. I can just turn the deaf ear and go back here into my palace, sit at my table, eat all of my fine dinings. And have different ones coming to me, beckoning to my every beckoning call and taking care of my every need. Or I can address this need here. Come on. I wonder how many of us will take the risk of addressing the needs of God. At the expense of losing what we've considered blessings. You see, we'll hold, we hold on to these blessings to the point now that we will abandon purpose. The Bible said Moses now, if you look in Hebrew when they were going through the hall of faith, the Bible said Moses chose rather to suffer with the people of God than to enjoy the blessings of Egypt for I see that he could have walked away he could have stayed where he was but because uh, there was a cause because there was a need presented before Moses Moses uh, took the risk yes, huh. let's go back to my first story my first story was Nehemiah right okay here Nehemiah, after he had spoken to Hananiah and gotten all of the 411 concerning the conditions of Israel and the conditions of Jerusalem and the walls and different things. The Bible says that he was moved with grief and compassion and went before God. Can I share a, 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 a tidbit with you? In order to have a mind to work, that's my subject for today. In order to have a mind to work, we have to be moved with a cause. Come on. I'm trying to make sure, I'm, I'm trying to condense this because I, I can go so many places here. Gary, you came here to America. <laughs> and because of a cause, you realize when you got here, I got to find some work. Come on. If you were 
wealthy, had money in the bank, and had folk back there that was sending you money. There's no need of me going to work. Come on. But the cause of a cause, I want you to look at something here because now, when I look at the church, when I look at the church, when I, I look at folk that have come to church week in and week out, uh, but no burden for souls. Uh, when I look at folk now that all they want is the blessings of God, uh, where is the embracing of the cause? Who is it that uh, will look at uh, what's happening around us uh, and say like David said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause for me to now uh, fall on my face before God and say, God, do something about it? We'll talk about what's happening in our streets. We'll talk about what's happening in our government. We'll talk about what's happening in our family. But how many of us uh, will accept the challenge uh, to get up and do something about it? Is there not a cause? You gotta be moved by the cause. Come on. We're more moved by our next blessing than we are by the cause. Not realizing that God will bless you when you embrace the cause. We love to quote this scripture in 3 John. Beloved, I wish above all things, what? That thou mayest, what? Prosper and what? Be in health. But the end part of that scripture said what? As what? Your soul prospereth. It's okay. As my soul prosper, that means that I am moving inside of the purpose of God. And as I embrace the purpose of God, here John was speaking to, in fact, John was speaking to an individual called Gaius, who was, the Bible said, who was faithful in the work of God. And he said, now, Gaius, I'm praying for you that you will prosper and what be in health even as your soul is prospering. I wonder how many of us will focus on our, the prosperity of our soul and allow the natural prosperity to follow suit. Come on. Hmm. Is there not a cause, David said, when he went to the Israelite camp and heard Goliath. We love to talk about the story of David and Goliath, but I want you to understand something. The thing that moved David to pick up that slingshot and put that rock in there, the thing that moved David to challenge a man, Goliath, was not because he was arrogant as his brother accused him of. The thing that moved David to put himself in a, 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 an imbalanced position was a cause. Look at your neighbor said, embrace the cause. 
When David heard what was going on, and David said, what's going on? What's wrong with you guys? Why, why, why is it that you're standing here allowing this uncircumcised Philistine to decry and to despise the armies of the living God and yell out blasphemies? Is there anybody going to do anything about it? When Eliab, Joseph, uh, uh, David's elder brother heard, that what are you doing here? I know you'll come up here just to, just to solve. David said, no way. Why are you coming against me? Is there not a cause? Let me close these doors and go out to the streets. What are y'all doing? Is there not a cause? Is there, mm. You talk about the cause, but will you embrace the cause? When we call prayer and fasting, we're calling prayer and fasting for our nation and for our communities, for our loved ones and for our families. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Well, why are they always? But is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? When Esther was brought, and I, and I told you that all of this happened during the same time period, uh, um, uh, Esther was taken into captivity during the same time Nehemiah was taken into captivity. But I need you to understand something. Y'all, God is so awesome. God, God is awesome. Mordecai, Esther's uncle, when he was fleeing Jerusalem during the siege, he picked up his little niece because her parents were killed. He picked up his little niece and he fled into fled and then they took him captivity and he went into um, Babylon. While there in Babylon God orchestrated it so that the opportunity came for Esther to be put into power. I want you to look at something. Many of us find ourselves in positions, whether it's on our job, whether it's in our communities, positions of influence. Oh yes, look at look at look at look at look at what I, I've done. I came here and God have allowed me to get this and God have allowed me to get that. But don't, don't forget purpose now. Don't forget purpose. Esther there, being lavished and taken care of, her feet being washed and pedicured and all of these things. And she didn't have to worry about bathing herself. Uh, she had a whole slew that would bathe her and, and dress her and take care of her. Come on. Esther could have easily said, my God, this is awesome. I'm going to sit here and enjoy this. But a cause arose. 
You know the story when, 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 when Haman was, you know, had, had conspired to uh, 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 destroy the Jews and Mordecai heard about it and, and he went to Esther and said, Esther, we got to do something about this because, uh, you know, they're conspiring to go out there and kill all of our folk. Esther could have easily said, child, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm, listen, I'm the king's pet. I, I, I ain't going to mess up this. How many times I'm not going to mess up my good thing. Come on. As Mordecai began to spell out what was happening, Esther looked at him and said, uh, Okay, Mordecai, let me, show, let me tell you something. Go talk to the people of Jerusalem. Tell them to go on a fast. Esther said, I'll go before the king. And Esther said, now, who knows? Who, who, who knows that I was brought to the kingdom for such a time as this? See, I wasn't brought here just so that I can be the queen. Who knows that I was brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. Maybe God allowed me to be found out there and to be uh, uh, chosen just for this purpose. How many of us could have, maybe God had blessed me on my job just so that I could be the one that would reach out to this boss that is obnoxious. Who knows that God had brought me to the kingdom for such a time Ask this, will I embrace the cause or will I just lavish in the blessings and forget about the cause? Esther said, if I perish, <laughs> I perish. But what? I'm going to see the king. Let me share something with you. If you're coming to church only for the blessings, you're in the wrong place. Okay. While this is a house of blessings, more than anything, it is a house of purpose. God has commissioned us as leaders to perfect the saints. For the work of the ministry, not perfect the saints for blessings. Come on. If you're here only for the blessing, now listen, because now there are times that God will inspire us to preach uh, uh, blessings. Because God wants to bless you. Look at your neighbor, say, God wants to bless you. But if Blessings are the only thing that you are coming for. You're in the wrong place. Because I can preach about blessings on this week. And next week, we're going to give you something now that God want to do in and through your lives. Come on. So you got to be able to embrace the whole package and understand that the priority is not the blessing, but what you're doing with the blessing. How are you going to allow the blessings to challenge you and provoke you to get inside of the will of God and to address the cause? We want the better life. We want the easy road. 
We want the road where everything is going smooth. And, and God want to give it to you. But God said, now, as you walk down this road, as you embrace this easy life, always remember that there's somebody over here that God wants you to reach out and touch. We must embrace the cause, y'all. Look at somebody saying, tell them, say, we must embrace the cause. Matthew, the ninth chapter and the 37th verse, if you would put it up on the screen for me. Matthew 9, 37 and 38. So thus, then said he, Jesus, to his disciples, what? The harvest is truly plentiful. That word plentiful there does not mean that's strong in number only, but the harvest is ready. Jesus told his disciples at another place in John 4. You don't have to go there. Just keep it right there. In John 4, John, Jesus said, you know, uh, uh, my meat and my drink is to do the work of God and to finish his work. And then he said, now, there's some will tell you this about that. And he said, but I want you to understand. He said, lift up your eyes and look at the field. The field is ripe. So the harvest is not just Plenty in number. Oh God, we in the church, we love to look at the news and say how bad things are going. Oh God, look at what's happening. Look at what's happening in our world. Look at what's happening. Look at how this is happening and not realizing that the walls are broken down. The walls of righteousness are broken down. Sin has not only infiltrated our society, but infiltrated the church. Come on. And we're still saying, God, I need you to bless me. God, I need you to. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful. When you read in the news about mass shootings, the harvest is plentiful. When you read in the news about somebody canvassing a community most of the night and way in the wee hours of the morning, get out of their car and go into a home and murder four people for seemingly no cause. Oh, we'll shake our heads and say, my God, but that means the harvest is ripe. When we read in the news about a group of people, supposedly respectable citizens, marching on the capital to overthrow the government of the nation, The harvest is plentiful. When we read in the news of the massive sale of our young girls 
in sex trafficking. We think that all oh, these kidnappings are just money for, oh, for ransom. No, the, a lot of these young girls kidnapping is just sex trade. I want you to have daughters. I want you to think about your daughter. Is there not a cause? When we look at Brother Kofi, how just like it was when God allowed the Chaldeans to overthrow Jerusalem, we have king after king that did that which was evil in the sight of God. We kill one leader because of the position that they've taken. And somebody else come in because they don't take that same position, but they're still leading the nation against the principles of God. But they're my favorite. Come on. When you look at how about Sakarini Obosandiriosa, humanity is being flipped. And I'm trying to say that as best as I can. Humanity is being flipped because somebody can take out a pen and sign. A paper and said, people have a right to be what they want to be. You don't care about how they were born. If you want to be the opposite, you can be. Come on. But that's not me. That's. But is there not a cause, y'all? My Bible tells me in Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter and the fourteenth verse says, "What if my people that are what called by my name would do what humble themselves and pray?" You see, you you got to realize, uh, you know, the by virtue of the fact that you are God's child. Oh yes, I'm I'm a child of God. I'm a king's kid. But don't you realize that God has purpose for you being a king? He said, if my people that are what called by my name will do, humble themselves and pray and what? Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, then will I what? Hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins and I'll do what? Heal their land. We're waiting for the politicians and those that are in positions of authority to change. But God said, now, you are the ones. God said, I'll listen to you before I listen to the president. When Nehemiah saw the condition of Jerusalem, it was Nehemiah that went before God and said, God, I see what's going on. God worked and God touched the king's heart. Come on. If we would just get a mind 
to work. Leave the comforts of our blessing palace. And say, God, what is it that you would have me to do? You see, we are more concerned with God, what is it you have for me? Then what is it that you would have me to do? Isaiah said this, and I've got to close. Isaiah said this in the sixth chapter of Isaiah, the eighth verse. He said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And what, who will go for me? The Bible said that Isaiah responded, then said, I what? Here am I, Lord. Send me. I wonder how many of us, when we see the condition of our world, you say, Lord, here am I. Send me. God, God, God I'm on this job, and I, I see what's happening. God, God, you give me what to say. God, I, I'll do it. God, I, I won't blend in with everybody else just so that I want to be uh, 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 looked upon. God, you want me to stand out? Okay, God, I'll stand out. Here, my Lord, send me. I'll take a stand for you. God, I'll declare your righteousness. Here, my Lord, Eka. But, I, but, I, but I, I may lose my job. I'm going to show you something in a few minutes. I, I, and, and I don't have but a few minutes. So I guess I better go there now. Because I, I don't want to belabor. We have to tap into the intentionality of God okay what do you mean Bishop everything God does he does it with intention okay as believers we have to learn how to tap into the intentionality of God God why what is it that you're doing why why I'm going to read a scripture for me, for you, and then we're going to try to wrap this up. Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, and the 18th verse, one of our favorite scriptures in the Bible. In fact, we quote it, and you quote it so beautifully when we give our offerings. It says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, if you notice the story. This was when God was using Moses to speak to the children of Israel concerning the things that he was going to bless them with and the lands that he was going to give them that they did not work for and the houses that they did not build and all of these things and I'm going to cause you to prosper and all of those things. Okay, remember the blessings of God. Look at your neighbor and say the blessings of God. He said, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God for what it is he that giveth thee what? The power to get wealth. Oh, but I went to school. 
for eight years, college for eight years, and I, I got my master's, I got my, I'm working on my doctorate, and, and that's why they're giving me this check. But understand something, it was God that gave me the power to get wealth. Have you ever stopped to think that there are many people out there that are smarter than you that never, that never made it off the streets? Come on. Here Moses said, remember this, remember this. Look at your neighbors and remember. Remember this, it is God that gave you the power to get wealth. Oh, we are more blessed now than we've ever been. But it was God that did it for you. But I want you to look at something because that's not the end of it. He said, it was God that gave thee the power to get wealth. Why? That he might establish his covenant, which he gave unto thy fathers. God said, I bless you in order to establish my covenant. Every time I open a new door for you, it was so that I could use you to establish my covenant in the earth. We don't realize that people of God, we're agents of covenant. We're agents that God want to use to establish his covenant in the earth. We get more caught up on the blessing than the covenant. But God said, don't forget that when I blessed you, it was so that I could establish Abishai my covenant sometimes we wonder why in the midst of our blessings the bottom drops out sometimes we wonder why when God blesses us it seems like it flows through our hands like sand God said when you embrace my purpose I'll close the gaps I'll close the gaps you want the blessings to benefit you Embrace the purpose of God. I've got to close. Jesus gave a parable in Matthew, I think it is the 25th chapter. I think it is Matthew 25. I'm not sure. Matthew 25. Yeah, Matthew 25. And he gave them the parable of the talents. You remember the parable of the talents? And the Bible said there was a master that owned property and had servants. And the master decided for whatever reason that he had to go away for a while. But when he went away, and I want you to understand, Jesus started this parable by saying the kingdom of heaven is likened unto this. Okay. In other words, the kingdom that we are operating in. Oh, I'm in the kingdom. I'm a kingdom kid. He said it's likened to a master that went away. And when he went away, 
he called his servants together. And he gave one five, one two, and one one talent. Now I want you to understand something here because uh, um, a lot of times you may think that God is not uh, 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 um, equal inside of his distribution of gifts and talents. But the Bible said he delivered to every man according to his ability. In other words, the kingdom had these servants and he knew what each one of them were capable of doing. He knew their strengths. He knew what they could do. So I'm going to give you five coffee because I've watched you and I've nurtured you and I've spent time with you. And I know you have the ability to reproduce these five. I'm going to give you two, um, Joyce, not because you ain't a less than him, but because this is what I know you're capable of doing. And I'm going to give you one, Gary, because I know you. And I know that if each one of you all were to give yourself over to this, you could maximize and come back with 100 at least 100% reproduction. Come on. The Bible says that the one that had the five talents, when the master came back, the one that had the five talents came back home, came back ex excited and said, here, master, these are the five talents that you gave me. And look, I've been working. And I got five more. The one with the two came back and said, yeah, master, yo, you gave me these talents. And look, I've been working. I have two more. The one with the one. Said, yes, I, I, I know you gave me one. But I know you are a man of harshness and whatever. So when I got my talent, I took it and hid it under a bushel. And here's your one talent left. I didn't do any work with it. Every one of us are gifted. Look at your neighbor and say, you're gifted. You're gifted by God. Don't measure your gift by my gift. Come on. You may be the usher at the door, but believe you me, you're just as important to the purpose of God as I am. Come on. You may be the floor sweeper, but don't fool yourself. You're just as important to the purpose of God as I am. You may work with media. You may be evangelist. You may be uh, an intercessor. You just may be one that is called an encourager. Come on. You're important to the kingdom of God. But unless we embrace the cause, we'll never get the job done. Oh, I see Bishop working. Oh, I, God, I, I, yeah, yeah. But what about you? Come on, look at your neighbors. So what about you? There's a song that says, Oh, Lord, please use me. And don't refuse me. For surely there's a work that I can do.
do. Oh, it's humble. Lord, help my will to crumble. And though the cost be great, I'll work for you, Lord. I, I'm, 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 I'm ready to work. God, whatever it is that you've given me to do, I'm, I'm ready to do it. I may not adorn this pulpit and, and have a mic in my hand, but God, whatever it is that I can do to help build the kingdom and see the vision come into fruition, God, I'm willing to do that. Whatever it is, God, I'm willing to do it all across America all across the land, all across the church family, you have pastors and leaders that are working themselves to death into bad health. Why? Because the people don't have a mind to work. Come on. If I could get you like Nehemiah, and Nehemiah heard what was going on. The Bible said he prayed and then he got to, before King Azexterus and got favor from the king. And he went before his people and reminded them of the cause. All I'm doing today is reminding you of what you already know. I'm reminding you of what's before us. But the Bible says that when Nehemiah reminded them and told them how God had answered them and answered him and given him favor, the Bible said the men that were there said, okay, let's get to work. Let's, let's build the wall. Let's, let's build it. Uh, I know it might be a difficult task, but Nehemiah, you don't have to go there by yourself. Let's build the wall. I, I wonder how many folk uh, that will say, Bishop, let's build the wall. Let's do what God says we can do. I don't care what it will cost me. I'm ready to get to work, and I'm ready to do what God says. Maybe we can do. The Bible says in the fourth chapter of Nehemiah, in the midst of adversarial opposition, that Sanballat and Tobias and all of these folk that did not believe in the work that Nehemiah and his folk were doing, and they opposed it. Turn it down just a little bit. But the Bible says in the fourth chapter said, So built we the wall. God has challenged me. And I say me, I'm saying me here as leader along with my wife, Pastor Carlene. Said write the vision and make it plain. It has been our endeavor to keep before you what God is saying about this ministry about this city and what he wants to do the reason for that is so that somebody can get a hold of it and said what can I do what can I do what can I do see what happens when you don't get the reply that Nehemiah got. What happens is 
See, Nehemiah already took the challenge. Nehemiah said, I'm going. If you don't get the reply that Nehemiah has, you're going anyway. Come on. Listen, I'm going anyway. You pray for me that God would keep the vision before me and show me how to make it plain to you. But I'm going anyway. Come on. All I'm trying to do, Brother Isidore, is rally together some troops that will come together and say, I'm ready to work. Bishop, I'm ready. Pastor, we're ready. My Bible tells me, so whatever your hand finds to do, what? Do it with all your might as unto the Lord. They had a mind to work. Stand to your feet, everybody. I know I was long this morning. But I want to challenge us as we go into 2023. Expect the, expect the blessings. God spoke it to us. When we were for God, asking God, God, what is it you want us to say to the people? God spoke those things to us. Come on. So God want to bless you. God said never forget that I'm blessing you in order to establish my covenant through you there's a work to be done lift your hands to him you that really want a mind to work you that have a mind to work and saying God keep on pouring it on Lift those hands before him. Father, I thank you today, God. That your word says we didn't choose you, but you chose us. But you chose us for a purpose that we will go and work in the vineyard. God, this earth is your vineyard. The vineyard is a place of work. You chose us and different ones of us you strategically set us so that we can work where you established us God we thank you for the provisions that you've made for us even in the placing Oh God, we will be the first to acknowledge that everything has not been good. We've had some challenges. We've had some oppositions. But God, you've always come through for us. 
So God, as we stand today, God, we see, God, we are not blind. We can see what's going on in our world. And these are people, God, that you died for. These are people that you want to reach. They are not just throwaways. You said in your word, you love the world. That drug addict is one of those that you love. That murderer is one of those that you love. That politician is one of those that you love. God, you love them all, and we don't want to turn up our nose to them and lavishing in our blessings. God, cause our hearts to be stirred by Shakara Diobosa, to be stirred like Nehemiah's heart to help rebuild the wall. Oh God, we thank you for the blessings. But God, now we want to embrace the purpose. Lift your hands to him and say, Lord, I embrace the purpose that you have for me. Oh Lord, do it for us, Lord. Do it in us, Lord. Do it with us and do it through us. We present our bodies. Lift your hand and say, Lord, I present my body to you. We present our bodies to you. That you would use us for your glory. I'm still expecting blessings, Lord. But I understand that the blessings are to help establish your covenant and your purpose. Thank you for our God. We yield to you right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody shout in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Come on, somebody. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the Word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.